Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We commit ourselves before you as we meditate on your word. Let your spirit lead us. Let your spirit draw us closer to you. Let your spirit enable us to obey them in our life. In your hands we commit ourselves in this time. In Jesus Christ may we pray. Amen. For today's meditation, I'll read from 1st John 2, 1 to 6. 1st John 2, 1 to 6. My little children, I am writing this thing to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for, but also for those who, of the whole world. By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Sixth verse The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. <coughs> we may ask, is it trying to imitate Jesus Christ? Will he be able to do that? Then we could have become better people on our own effort. We may ask, have we not made progress? But what has happened to the progress around us? Is it taking humanity to a higher level or lower level? Externally, many things have changed. Selfishness will claim it as progress. I will give you one example. Medical science has grown in many ways, but the treatment is so expensive that middle and lower classes cannot avail it. It's not affordable to majority. Why? The only main reason is selfishness and covetousness of man. Man has lot of knowledge of about life, but he does not know how to live, live with others. It's all human attempt to become better, but here we are called to walk as he walked. First, let us look at the life of Christ, how he lived and walked on the earth. 
The first area we'll take is living without sinning. First John 3, 2 and 3. Can someone read it for us? First John 3, 2 and 3. Anyone reading? Beloved, now are we are the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. We will see him face to face. We will see him face to face when he appears. We will be like him. And all those who have this hope purifies themselves. So, it's not at the end of a journey that you overcome sin. Even during our journey, we are called to overcome. First John 3, 6. First John 3, 6. Whosoever abides in him sinneth not, and whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. 3, 9 also. Whosoever is born of God doth not uh, commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. He wants us to overcome sin. He did not say that the evil one will not tempt us. Temptation will continue to come as long as the evil one is alive. But Christians are asked to overcome sin. He overcame sin. Holiness is person is holy, knows what is sin, but is not committing sin. Innocence is you are not aware of sin at all. Only Adam was innocent. God is holy. God wants us to be holy like him. We know sin, but he wants us to overcome sin. Bible is written that we may not sin. We read that in the first verse where we read second chapter. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. God's plan for us is to live as he lived. He has made us free to overcome sin. That's the first aspect. When we study this, is there a great desire in our heart? to receive all the enabling from him to overcome sin. Another aspect of Jesus Christ's life on earth, doing Father's will and obeying him. Shall we read from John 4, 34? John 4, 34. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. To do the will of his father who sent him, he says, it's almost my food. That's my joy. In 26th chapter of Matthew, verse 42. 26, 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. He knew it is Father's will for him to go through the suffering 
and death on the cross and be separated from him. When he knew that, there was no more prayer for changing it. He was willing to obey it. When we know the will of God for our lives, whatever it might be, are we willing to accept it? 26.53 Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? See, any moment he could have escaped the suffering. But he says, how then the will of the father will be fulfilled? Even in your life, when God's will has come and you are to go through this, there are areas, there are ways in which you can escape it. But are you willing to do the will of God knowing that God's will is good, pleasing and perfect? John 15, 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my life. Love. Yes. To continue in love, we need to find, obey the will of the Father. Another aspect, third aspect of his life was, for him it was more blessed to give than to receive. He himself taught that, Acts 20, verse 35. Acts 20, 35. I have, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye are to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Blessing is usually thought as receiving, getting. Whenever we do not get what we want, we begin to murmur and grumble. So when we get, we say it's a blessing. But here the Lord teaches, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Everything in this universe works on that principle. Cloud is a blessing when it gives the rain, water. A candle is a blessing when it burns out. A cow is a blessing and then gives the milk. Look at God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus Christ loved us that he gave his life for us. Is that the way we walk? Is this the principle that is operating in us? It's more blessed to give. What are the things we can give or we are asked to give? Luke chapter 6, 35 to 37. Luke 6, 35 to 37. But love ye your enemies and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be condemned. You shall be forgiven. So look at this. Seven things that we can give, we are asked to give. Loving, doing good, lending, being merciful, not judging, not condemning, and also 
forgiving. Any poor man, he may be poor, but he can give all these things. Every Christian must know that it is more blessed to give. More blessed to give. Are we doing that? We must walk as he walked on the earth. Another area is what he hated do we hate? Luke 16, 15. And he said unto them, Ye are, ye are they which justify yourself before men, but God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. What is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Most of the external value systems we appreciate. We appreciate and value a person on the external aspects. The Lord himself taught in the beginning, woe unto the rich, woe unto you when you are satisfied, woe unto you when you laugh, woe unto you when people praise you. A man is praised and appreciated on its externals. So, the world appreciates external value systems. The Lord says, that value system is an abomination to me. Do we hate what God hates? Do we hate what God hates? Braided hair, gold jewelry, costly apparel. These are all external. This is not of great importance before God. But being poor in spirit, hunger for the word of God, weeping for others' sins, and to suffer for his namesake, these are all internal things. Do we appreciate these things? Are these important for us? Remember, to walk with him, we must hate what he hates. If two will not agree together, they cannot walk together. Another thing he hated was hypocrisy. Pharisees, he found that they had lip service, but heart was far away from them. They presented a picture outside, but inside they were rotten things. They clean, were very meticulous in cleaning the cup and the plates. But what was inside was obtained through oppression and extortion. He said this is hypocrisy and God hated that. Do we hate hypocrisy in our own lives? Another area which he hated was murmuring and grumbling. When the Lord's sufficiency was proved to the Israelites through years, they still went on grumbling and murmuring over silly matters. Can he provide? Can he lead us? The Lord God said, these people are testing me, always testing me. And he was against this murmuring and grumbling. Do we hate murmuring and grumbling. 
God warned us, the Lord Jesus Christ warned us about sin against the Holy Spirit. Four sins. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not test the Holy Spirit. And do not lie to the Holy Spirit. He, all, he said that these are unforgivable sins. Because the Holy Spirit is the only person who can convict us of sin. If you continuously grieve him, he may stop reminding us. We will not be able to know what is sin and can boldly continue to live in that. In Romans we read, God gave them up over to reprobate mind. So what we hate, what the Lord hates, do we hate? If we do not hate, how can we love, walk together? Another area is loving the unlovable. He taught, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. That's not love. Are you able to love the unlovable? In Luke chapter 6, he teaches in 27 to 31, loving those who hate you, loving those who curse you, loving those who mistreat you, those who insult you, those who take away things from without permission, those who go on asking, those who never return. Seven areas people become unlovable in daily life. It can be inside the home. It can be in working place. You can read that in Luke 6, 27 to 31. Not now, later you can read it. So, he loved the unlovable. We were, un we were unlovable to him. But he loved us and brought us together. When he loved us, we began to love him. And we changed because he loved us. Do we love the unlovable? Or do we hate them? His humility and servanthood is another character. Read from John 13, 4 and 5. John 13, 4 and 5. He, he reset from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Later he says, if I, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you ought to do that. Are we willing to serve others? We may be we may be doing what we call as helping. Helping is always from above downward. Serving is from below upward. When we help, we make people obliged to us. We expect them to respect us, thank us. Helping is from a higher angle. God says, that's not the way among you. This is the way of the Gentiles. He says, we want, he wants us to serve others. 
server is from below upward. Only a slave can serve. And serving, there is no expectation. He came to serve and not to be served. There is no obligation. It transforms us into his image. It creates humility in us. It's acceptable before God. Now, God wants us to walk as he walked on earth. Dear ones, Bible study, listening to messages, gives us more and more knowledge for us. Sometimes the knowledge of Bible is equated as Christian life. No. We can have knowledge without any relationship with much. God wants us to live and walk as he lived and walked on it. We are children of God. The seed of God remains in us. We are born again into his kingdom. We can bring glory to his name by living like he lived. How is it possible? He says, it's not by effort and struggle that you become like that, but the enabling Holy Spirit that who works in you. Remember Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Remember Philippians 2, 13. For it, for it is God which works in both to will and to do good, and to do of his good pleasure. It is God, for it is God who is working in us to give us the desire and the ability to do his will. So the desire even is created by him and the ability to do also is given by him. Enabling grace of God. We are not asked to do this in our own effort, which we cannot do. When he has given us he is asking us to do it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, last part of that. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What do you work out? Work out what is working inside us. God, by his mercy, has given us the desire and the ability to do, and we are asked to work it out in our life. This is enabling grace of God. It's not struggling to achieve, but it is abiding in Christ and allowing the Spirit to enable us to fulfill His purpose. May God bless us with His words. Remember, we are asked to walk as He walked on earth. This week when you study your word, First John 2, 1 to 6, you step repeatedly go through that. How do we know that we are in him? By keeping his commandments. Means living the way he lived. That is how the Holy Spirit gives us assurance that we are children of the Holy God. Shall we be silent for a minute? Lord, I pray that these words which we heard will remain in the hearts of each one. 
and the Holy Spirit will remind that. And they receive the enabling grace of God and you will work it out in their life, O Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.